Representing East Coast Watchmen Radio 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 Representing East Coast live, but not really. From Florida, the land of alligators and giant owls flying around. Yeah, this is where I live, this freaking swamp. Let me get, uh, see if Alan's on. Hey, Richard, what's up? Boy! <laughs> How are you, what's Richard? What's going on? Doing great. All right, you're representing Watch for Radio. We are not live, and we are broadcasting. He's in uh, Abortionville, New York. And uh, I'm here in uh, Florida, land of giant alligators, giant frogs, jumping around in my backyard. It's disgusting. I'm going to war with them. <laughs> If anybody knows how to get rid of frogs, let me know. More snakes. I can't have a snake. Oh. But um, I got frogs because uh, my neighbor in the backpack over here let, allowed his pool to become like a swamp. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So I'm dealing with him. I don't know if I got to call the town on him or whatnot, but uh, what I'm dealing your, with that. What about your cats? What about your cats? Are they? Are Dude, they? Uh, they're all over, up in the gutters, jumping around. There's thousands of them. Cause and then my pool pump blew up, so now they think that my pool is now a swamp too. But do your cats like eat the frogs or anything, Bro, or it, kill it, the frogs? Okay, you're not getting it. Okay, what's going on, boy? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not in the- Yeah, I'm not in the field down there in Florida and your swamp with you. It's too bad. <laughs> oh, well. You just, you just had a lot of people laughing in your general direction, didn't you? Uh, no, you just had to get down there to Florida as soon as you could, couldn't you? Oh, you think you're, you're laughing? I'll it. Get him. <laughs> yeah, laugh at Alan. Does the heart like medicine. Yeah, you got down there to Florida at breakneck speed, and now yeah, I'm getting out of here, boy. 
You'll be in an abortion ville and I'll be gone. Because I'm going to Montana. Montana. Well, Uh, maybe not. Someone said there's libtards there. I don't know where I'm going, but maybe Marty was right about Maine. All right, let's get into this word. I got to deal with these frogs. Um, Here's the deal, guys. Satanic libtards are going nuts. As I predicted for many, many, many moons here on Watcher Radio, they would spawn into satanic libtards. And I got a lot of pushback on that years ago, believe it or not. They'd be like, come on, they're not really that bad. Well, uh, 20 years later, I've been saying it, look at them. They are completely, they said, hey, let's follow Hitler's game plan. So they got their Gestapo, FBI, CIA, and the IRS now. They have their brown shirts like Hitler had to beat up and attack and intimidate. That would be BLM and Antifa. And they love them. They protect them. You know it. And they have their satanic spawn of spying on each and every one of us now. Literally monitoring everything we do. And guys, this is a full... They are manifesting into satanic lizard, libtards. They are totalitarian. Now, here's the problem. Generally, satanic libtards will always project on you what they are. Guess what? They're doing it. They're now calling everybody tyrannical fascists. Gee, they're the one being tyrannical and fascist. So that means they're starting to manifest fully into that. Right? Right. You have anything to share on that? Do you believe they're evil? I guess not. No, they're pretty evil. Uh, God save them. And uh, they watch TV, and TV is called programming because it weaponizes their minds to hate people that uh, have no ill will toward them and even are trying to help them, like Donald Trump, who, under his presidency, uh, we had record low unemployment, and that was across all classes. Everyone made a bundle, and we had times of peace, and he built a wall. And, Pinch a penny. Um, that's right. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. What else you got? Oh, um, yeah. He built a wall, and there was even this. Tent. There was even a. There was even a. Hardy hard. There's even this town in the. Did I offend you yet? Not not yet. And not ever. Why and, not? Uh, there was this town on the on um, that got rid of all their illegal aliens, but every time they did, more would come back. But after the wall was built and there was real real enforcement, um, they got rid of the last of their illegal aliens, and none came back. And they had peace in that town, oh, man. you know, until until Joe Biden. This is what I've been warning about, people. The spawn of the white horse in Revelation six is a conquering spirit. Okay, it's not good. It's rising with all the other maniac horses. Okay, it's a conqueror. If you read about the Strong's Concordance, it's carrying a poison in its hand. And they're using a poison now to control us. Alan, are you still there? Please leave a message after the tone. When you have finished, please hang up. Can you, like, pick up? Hey, Richard. Nothing, bro. Hey, I don't I'm know how we got this for connected. like 20 minutes. 
Yeah, I made uh, the mistake of trying to call you, so my bad. All right, let's get going here. Anyway, we got uh, we edit. We thank God we can edit that out. Yeah. Um, let me see here. All right. So with that being said, we are manifesting in end time mode, guys, and I want to encourage you by reading actually the word. Um, we're going to be in the book of Acts today uh, talking about, by the way, in our prayer group now, which you can join in the Telegram link below, um, we have a call-in line there four or five times a week. Uh, we do authority declarations on Saturday for healing and deliverance. But we constantly, me and Alan, found a, um, a prayer actually in the book of Acts that we like and we have actually added it into our prayer regimen. So Alan's going to read that in a minute, and that's attached to our prayer. It's in the book of Acts. Now, here's the deal. When you find something in the Word and you actually apply it, it's called faith. It's called faith. And we actually found a great prayer in Scripture in the book of Acts, and we apply it, and that is actually faith. And we're believing it. Because if you don't believe the word of God, there's nothing left. Nothing. So I'm in the book of Acts 2, but I want to read here, uh, which I think is being left out with the letter of the cake, bake, flim, flam, flippy, flappy, delusional doctrines of demons that minister a satanic message of laxy-daisy, meaning it's all good. You're in sin, it's all good. God loves you anyway. Here's the problem. God has a requirement of holiness. God expects you to believe what he said in Scripture. God expects you to believe that he told you to come out from among them, meaning the Babylonian system of sin and the curses that follow with them. So you're expected to live a certain way here while you're in a simple, small part of time lingering here on earth. You think this is eternity, many of you. Many of you sit there and like, I got to do this. I got to do that before I die because uh, this is life, baby. This is not life, man. Life as you see it is an illusion. Because there's something called the pride of life. There's something called the loves and the concerns of the world. And that's talking about believers that believed, but as they were growing, there was thorns around. Check out Matthew 13. And those thorns were there to grip them, to keep them from growing, to snare them, meaning they were choked By the world, by the things in this world, by what the devil's telling you, you think that you need in this world. I'm here to tell you, this is, we're, you're a sojourner. You know what a sojourner is? The Lord said you're a sojourner. True. You believe him? Yes. Who believes him? Anybody believe him? I mean. Yeah, I believe him. Do you think Jesus was living here on earth to say, hey, I got to, you know, plan things out here. 
He was teaching you that this world is just a testing ground. Are you going to make it? Are you going to fight the flesh? Are you going to fight the voice of the enemy? Are you going to get hit by the enemy? Yes, you are. Are there going to be perilous times coming? Indeed. Are you going to fight the good fight of faith? You better. And we've always done here and have always ex- uh, uh, used as an example is setting up meetings, doing mass deliverance and healing, preaching the truth, preaching repentance, preaching prophecy, things to come. Now, here's the thing. Many people don't know. You look in the book of Luke, I mean, John, the Holy Spirit is said to be, and Jesus said this, it might be true, that the Holy Ghost, him, by the way, for all you wokers. And that's another thing, this transgenderism, the eunuchism of this world, trying to turn the Holy Spirit into some infeminate. The Holy Spirit is him. And if you read the book of John, I think 21, 20, chapter 20, Jesus explains as him. And that's why when they were together, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, let us make man in our image. <laughs> Duh. Guess what? I hate to tell you, but Adam was formed from their image. Uh, let me ask Alan. Alan, was Adam a male? Yes, Adam or was he was a mathrodite? Adam was the first man. Amen. He was a okay. male. Okay. So our image, I wonder who our us was. Could it have been Fathers. the triune God? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's right. So this whole Holy Spirit is infeminate. Get rid of it. It's a lie. That's why Jesus said him, he, the Holy Spirit. Now here's the thing. Woman was formed from man. Oh. And animals were offered up as a help meet before women. Believe it or not. I hate to say it. It's true. God was trying to get Adam just to have a, a friend like a, a little rabbit. Or like one of your cats. Yeah, a cat. Hey, hang out with the cat. You know, just hang out and be have fun. Go through the jungle here. And uh, he was like, no, I, I, I don't want that. So God had to reach into the flesh to get what the flesh desired. And that's why the rib was ripped from Adam and the deep sleep. Which is fine. Woman was needed and now we're here. Women are anointed of God, of course, heavily. Now, what I'm trying to say is that whole doctrine of an infeminizing of God and the infeminizing of the Holy Spirit is satanic. Get rid of it. But the Holy Spirit... And I just showed you and proved it here in the Word, by the way. If you notice, we actually used the Word to prove stuff. I know that sounds crazy. Wow. Um, the Holy Spirit is said by Jesus himself that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of things to come. We'll show you the future if you really want to break it down. Ooh, really? Oh, boy. That yeah. could be very useful. It says right there, Let me. it says show you things to come. 
Remember when you used to get dreams of uh, stocks we should buy? Remember that? We're pressing in for that, yes. Uh, but here we go, guys. Show you things to come. So if you break that down, what it means is the Holy Spirit is the spirit to show you things in the future. Okay, well, this is the celebration of uh, September 11th. On February 19th, 2001, I was shown exactly what would happen to the Trade Center. And I posted on a profit.org and was turned over to the FBI for it. I have an FBI file because of that dream. Did you know that? That they went to my church, the FBI, to investigate me. Because the dream was so accurate, but the Spirit of God gave me something that was going to happen in the future. Why? Why? Why would he do that? God wants you to be the message that I'm carrying. That's why. Mark the message that I am ministering in to mark this ministry that is an ministry of truth because straight is the way. And that's the path we must get on to be prepared for the coming of Christ. That's right. It's marked by the gift of prophecy. Many ministries are not marked by anything. But when truth is spoken and confirmed, you have to give heed. When prophecy is given and it's not fulfilled, you shall not pay any attention to it. You should mark it as useless. And I got news for you, and Brother Allen's here, we're going to confirm it. Brother Allen's here, and he'll confirm it. That <clears throat> Allen will tell you that I, Allen, did I have a dream about the 2020 election? Yes or no? Yes, you did. I remember that dream, sort of. Okay. What was the dream? It was uh, Joe and Jill Biden were digging up bodies and taking pictures of them. And uh, I think you also had another dream, another scene in that dream that I'm not remembering at the okay. moment. I was showing that this, they were going to steal the election, guys. And I was attacked for that. This is the funny part. In 2016, I was laughed. Ask my wife, Maria. I was laughed out of a prayer meeting. Out in Medford, New York. Laughed when I said Trump would win the election. It was early, early on in the debates, and they were all making fun of Trump at the prayer meeting. And I said, I was shown he's going to win. And it was, <laughs> I mean, they were eating celery sticks. They were just mocking me. And guess what? He won. Praise the Lord. Maria was there. You can ask her. In fact, later on in that same prayer meeting, Alan was there with Foss at that same prayer meeting. Because around that exact time, Foss and Tom came to New York. <clears throat> it was that same. Alan and Tom. Alan and Tom. <clears throat> Al- Alan and Tom. They went to that same house where I was laughed at. And after, it's the same thing. After it came to pass, all those people shied away from me. In the church I was attending, when I told everybody the Trade Center would come down, because we used to minister downtown Manhattan, and I used to point them at them all the time, I had one guy, he started screaming at me in the bus. He said, those towers are impossible to fall down. They are structurally designed to never fall. Do you understand that? He started screaming at me in the bus. 
That guy actually has a ministry now in Shirley, New York. Uh, Forgot the name of it, but he rebuked the hell out of me. And guess what? He he dodged me too after it came to pass. This is the problem with prophecy. When you actually have real prophecy, you're hated for it. For some reason. It's weird. But when you have overbloviated gray area prophecy, everybody hails you. And Alan will tell you, there was all these prophets gathering in 2020 with their feet up drinking wine. You remember that, Alan? I remember that. That's a classic. That's peak Facebook Christianity, putting your feet up and having a glass of wine on election night and saying, oh, God's got this. Trump won. And uh, that's not what happened. He did win, but they stole it. And uh, not enough people were praying against that to keep it from happening. Terrible. So here it is. In 2016, I had a dream that he would win. He did. I was hated for it and laughed at. In 2020, I had a dream that they would steal the election. I was rebuked for lack of faith because the prophets had spoken. That's what I was told. (laughs) Some Jeremy Jackson and all these people. The prophets have spoken. You must have faith. Did they have really impressive beards also? Yeah, they have like flash media websites, fire and all that stuff. No, no, stuff. no. I'm asking about their facial hair. Did they have impressive facial I hair? I don't know. Also? I mean, I wish I could have that. Well, you have a lot of other things. Anyway, you know, if, if you, I know you could grow a beard. You, if I were you, I would grow a nice beard. But I, I have oh, scraggly, like, scraffy do type beard. <laughs> you look like a 12 year old in your own. Yeah, you ever see Scooby Doo? What was that guy's yeah. name? With the long, yeah, that guy with the shirt, those whiskers. Oh, you look shaggy. You look like shaggy. Yeah, shaggy. I got a shaggy beard. I'm sorry, Richard, but you're very handsome. But let's move on. Let's move on. I am. But (laughs) here's the deal. Okay. I was laughed at for the 2016. And in 2020, I was rebuked by believers. The prophets have spoken. (laughs) You must have faith in the word that the prophets have said. And I'm like, uh. Well, I mean, I like a prophet. I mean, I have a track record of things that I've spoken that actually really came to pass over the past 22 years. Hallelujah. So what am I? Chop liver? I'm telling you that they're going to steal the election. So I was attacked again. So you can't win. If you have the true word of the Lord, look at my life. That's how they're going to treat you. Well, you can win. It's just that... The real is opposed by Satan, and sometimes, you know, just as the Apostle Peter was used by Satan to speak unbelief to Peter, to to the Lord Jesus, and Lord Jesus had to rebuke him, every now and then Christians, unfortunately, let Satan into them, and they speak unbelief to the real thing. So So it's all in Scripture. It's like Hananiah. Yeah. They wanted—Hananiah had a name of a prophet. He looked good. They all gathered around him. Jeremiah was on the outskirts of that gathering. They didn't receive. He said, amen, mockingly. What you've said, if it happens, amen, but it won't. (laughs) You know, he rebuked them and mocked them. But he dropped dead, that false prophet. That's how God feels about false prophecy. But the masses flocked to Hananiah. Because he had sweet words for them. He had And that's um, what they want words. is uh, tell us smooth things. Prophesy deceits. 
You read the book of uh, Lamentations. You are where you're at because you believe the false visions. America is where it's at because it's believed the false prophets. Rather than prophets that are preaching the truth. That's right. The salt is losing, losing flavor. There's no re- retention wall. The retention wall is repentance. There could be something built on untempered mortar. Read Ezekiel. It looks like it's going to stand, but it can't. The foundation has not been formed in repentance. That's why John the Baptist preached a message under repentance. The baptism of John was under repentance. Jesus came along. The baptism continued unto repentance with fire. That's right. Repentance is the foundation of revival. And that's why you see all these people, I hate to say it, they're like, revival's coming. <laughs> no, it's not. I know in your mind it's coming, and that's fine. As a man thinketh, so shall he be. Good luck with that. But the problem is it has to line up with the word of God. Amen. And the word of God says, if my people that are called by my name shall turn from their wickedness and wicked sins, I will hear their prayer. I will heal them. There will be a mass healing revival. But it's going to take true repentance, a solemn assembly, rebuking others that are also in iniquity and transgression. You have to preach the truth of the gospel. John the Baptist preached against the marriage of Herod's Herod's brother. That's right. Also, another... Another essential element of revivals is casting out devils, and most churches are sadly too shy to do that. They don't want people confessing their sins and the sins of their fathers like Leviticus chapter 26 verse 40 says to do, and Daniel did it, and someone else also did it, which makes casting out devils a lot easier. But casting out devils is essential is an essential part of all American revivals in the last two years. Yeah, you know what's years. sad Amen. about that, Alan, is that what? the Pharisees were doing deliverance. Yes. The, the Pharisees were actually doing deliverance. A lot of you don't re- realize that. Jesus said it, so it must be true. He said, your sons are casting demons out. That's right, what Jesus your said. your sons do it. Amen. So if the Pharisees were doing it, and we like to look down on Pharisees, and the number one comeback when you quote scripture on the internet in the chat room of Christians is, you're a Pharisee. Um, if, if the Pharisees, Pharisees are, are actually doing you. deliverance. Amen. The Sadducees might not have, but the Pharisees were. Yeah. And a lot of people that don't even believe in the deliverance ministry, the the Pharisees were using the book of Psalms. They knew there was deliverance power in Psalms because David had a deliverance anointing on his music and uh, demons would flee from David's anointing of of his playing. Psalms were used by the Pharisee to expel demons because Jesus said so. Jesus said, your sons are casting demons out. Amen. Amen. So, obviously, they were. 
but they were using the Book of Psalms. But later, they tried to adapt some of them, Skiva, tried to say, hey, we'll just use the name Jesus. We don't got to believe in him, but we'll just use it. And they, because they didn't have faith in Christ and the resurrection, they were beaten naked and ran away. Now, if they would have just believed unto salvation and got on their knees and said, I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, then using the name of Christ would have availed much. But they tried it haphazardly and got beat up. But at least they were trying. <laughs> that's the problem. Wow, at that's, least they were trying sin. deliverance. That's the problem, guys. You're better off trying. Just trying than doing nothing. That's right. It's the man in the arena. Amen. So what you fail? At least you tried. A lot of times you think you failed, but you didn't. A lot of times that you were just a planter and not a reaper. Or you might have been a planter, but not a waterer. Someone else might have been a waterer, and then there was a reaping. That's right. You might have... Now, here's the thing. You're better off stepping out in faith and just doing it. You pray. I know there was a guy years ago. It was Randy Clark. Uh, told me about it. One of his uh, people uh, in Brazil, he raised up disciples over there. There was a great revival over there. Incidentally, in Brazil, they used to do healing through the Lord's Supper, which is another thing not being done that we do, by the way, in our prayer. Praise the Lord. Praise and the that's Lord. where I, I really got it from, was Randy Clark telling me about how they used to reverence the Lord's Supper in the realm of healing through the body and the blood covenant. And they would have breakout healings in the cup of communion. It's not a ritual. Dan, it's mass healing. Amen. Remember when Dan had COVID and uh, he did communion and was healed in three hours before couldn't, that? He, he couldn't, couldn't breathe. even breathe until he did, did communion with us. He was laying on his back when COVID first broke out. He was like, ah! He did communion, and a few hours later, he was 100% healed. And they couldn't explain it. All his workers were in the hospital. Hallelujah. So over in Brazil, Randy told me when I met him, I gave him a bunch of material on deliverance, and he wrote a book, actually, after that. But he told me there was a guy, a young fella in uh, Brazil, that he decided that he was going to go into divine healing ministry, and no matter what. And anybody he saw like that had a limp or had a headache or hurt their hand or had a bandage, he would just say, can I pray for you? And walk up to him. And he'd say, God, in Jesus' name, I pray healing in Jesus' name, and walk away. And nothing would happen. He would do it at the train station, the shopping center, down the street, at the bus station. He would say, can I pray for you? In the name of Jesus, I pray right now this wrist be healed in Jesus' name. Nothing would happen. He'd walk away. Months went by. In the name of Jesus, I pray right now that your back be healed in Jesus' name. He'd walk away. Nothing happened. Guess what? He didn't give up. He kept Amen. going. Luke 18, 1. After 620-something times, one day, he walked up to somebody that, I don't know if it was, it was something severe, a, a, a blindness, a blind eye. In the name of Jesus, I pray this eye be open. Boom! 
Iowa's open. And since then, when I talked to Randy, that guy had a miracle working ministry. God said, that's it. You got it. There's another person I'd heard of that uh, she, all she would pray for was bl- to, for blind eyes to be opened. And she kept praying and praying over each person, and none of them had their blind eyes open. But she persisted, and she didn't give up on something like the hundredth person, she blind person she prayed over. Since that person, every blind person she prayed over got healed. There's something to not giving up and persisting. Jesus said in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, men ought to pray and not quit. And there's, and we get there. Amen. Now we're going to touch on that scripture exactly in Acts. However, you don't know what's happening in the spirit realm when you pray. Because when Jesus cursed a fig tree, it didn't look like anything happened. This was God himself. If nothing happened when he prayed right away, why should it happen when you pray right away? Are you greater than Christ? No. Oh, do you want to be? You want to confess that? Good luck. But the next day, the disciples were in shock. Could you imagine Monday one? He's cursing the fig tree and nothing happened. And then they walk away. (laughs) I guarantee Jesus didn't believe that nothing was happening. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. He knew that at its roots, it's already begun. So when they came to him and said, look, the, the tree that you cursed is withered. They were shocked. But Jesus went into the whole declaration, confession and command in the decree. If you say... Have faith of God, not have faith in God. Look at the original Greek. He was telling you, you have the power as an ambassador of Christ to speak and declare and decree. Jesus gave us the example. Pick up thy bed and walk. All he had to do was begin to start to pick up that bed in the healing manifest. That's right. Faith has to be ignited. You have to connect your faith with God. Lift up your faith with God and get that conduit flowing. You act on God's word. You act on the promises of God, and then the power flows. Like with your knee, like that time you cursed that fly that was bothering you, it died instantly. Like when you, with your knee, you ripped off your knee brace and said, I'm healed. And then you just started walking. I don't care if my leg falls off. I'm healed. And you just started walking. And that's when the power hit you. And that's when your knee got healed. Amen. And that time that fly was bothering you and you cursed it in Jesus' name and it immediately fell out of the air and died. And I also had a boil on my leg that I had, uh, I couldn't kill it by natural means. So I cursed it in Jesus' name and it, it died and turned black and it came out over the course of several weeks. So when we act on God's word, that's when the power flows. When we command things to die that shouldn't be there, they die. And uh, amen. How did Peter pray for the the man laying at Temple Beautiful? He was there since birth. His legs were disformed since birth. He didn't say, Father God, please heal his legs right now. 
He didn't pray like that. He was using Mark 11 style decree. This is what I'm trying to say. He said, look unto us. Whoa. Really? Yeah. Look at it. Silver and gold I might not have, but what I do have, I give unto thee. The anointing of God is going to flow right here, right now. In the name of Jesus, arise and walk. That's right. That's why the name of Jesus is so important. Never forget that command in the name of Jesus. I heard a preacher recently, and I'm going to be stealing it. He actually adds to that. He says, in the authority of the name Jesus. Like that. I like that. I like that. Kind of adds a little faith to it. Makes you feel better about it. Amen. And Paul, when he looked at the demon-infested soothsayer following him around, same thing. In the name of Jesus, come out of her. It's all the examples there, people. Always keep in the name of Jesus in all your prayers. I hear some people pray recently. I mean, it just, it seems to be stripped, and they just tag it on in the end. In the name of Jesus, amen. No. When you're issuing each order and prayer and command, make sure, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I speak and declare and decree, and I thank you, Lord, for your angelic presence and fire falling right now and right here, and I receive it, and I thank you for it, in Jesus' name. Keep speaking the command and the authority of the name of Christ, and you'll see the anointing begin to flow. Now, let's get into our message. We haven't even preached yet. Goodness. Um, I'm going to start here. I'm in totally the book of Acts I've been reading this week. So I want to touch on uh, Acts 14 because, like I was trying to get in earlier, is that there are tribulation and trials and turmoil coming our way, and they do come to believers' lives, even though you're not supposed to have it, like Better Life Now people. They look at you like you're crazy if you have a trial. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them from them all. Amen. So Paul and Barnabas returned to Lystia, Iconium, and Antioch, and Pistidia, where they strengthened the believers. Now, here's the key. Believers need to be strengthened. And you got to remember, Paul and Barnabas went through a lot, a lot of traveling, a lot of boat rides, and here they are getting, and that's another thing I want to get into next week, is prayer should be a sacrifice like they sacrifice their lives. We should also, at times you don't want to pray, at times you don't want to fast, try it. Make it a sacrifice because I got news for you. At uncommon times when we pray, the anointing would often fall. It just happened with me and Maria. I, she, she wanted to pray. I didn't. I said it's late. So we started praying. The anointing fell right away within like two seconds. And I'm like, wow, good thing we prayed. But the enemy was speaking to me, just go to bed. And I was like, yeah, I am. So they strengthened the believers. I hope today that I'm doing that for one person. One, If I can reach one, if I can strengthen one person, I'm doing a good thing. Praise God. They encourage them to continue in the faith. I think we do that. 
I in Hebrews 10, 25, it says, uh, forsake not the gathering of yourselves. Basically, don't stop meeting because if you're strong, then the weak need you. And if you're weak, you need to hear from the strong. And even Paul needed, wanted encouragement from the people he was teaching and ministering to. Even he wanted encouragement, wrote two thirds of the New Testament. And even he wanted to hear about their, to, he wanted his faith strengthened by them. Amen. I want to encourage you to continue in the faith. What's the faith? Is it just camping out, believing? Yeah. But it's also exercising what we're, we're teaching here. We're just taking what we see in Scripture emanating over to you and how to apply it. The structure behind Scripture. It's not just a story. This is your weapon, people. The Word of God is... And another thing, the book of Acts is not over. If you look at the book of Acts and you read the end, it's like, whoa, that's unfulfilling. What happened? It just ends abruptly. There's no amen. There's no little story tag at the end. Because you're in the book of Acts. Everybody is, you're, you're being written about in the spirit. It never ended. Just next time you're going to step out in faith, picture the story being written in. And Alan went forth and got oil and laid hands on such and such, sitting on the side of the street. And there was a great healing, and they, they stood up. And Rich went and prayed, and a demon came. Just picture the book of Acts being written as you step out. And Alan said, I have a job. I'm just looking for it, and happily sent out resumes. And uh, then he kept on fasting, and he kept on saying, I have a job. And then all of a sudden... He had the best job of his life, and it's been a great blessing to him ever since. Amen. So encouraging each other to continue in the faith. I need to be encouraged to continue in the faith. I have to read the word. I'm in a whole cover-to-cover mode right now in the Bible. I'm back in cover-to-cover mode. And I'm being encouraged, especially from the patriarchs and, and the apostles uh, the book of Acts is not just about the the apostles. You, there's all types of prophets in there. You, there's Aquila and Priscilla teaching Apollos on the side. They weren't apostles. There was prophets mentioned. They weren't apostles. So stop thinking it's just the acts of the apostles. It's the acts of many people being displayed in the book of Acts. You can also be in the book of Acts by exercising. I'm talking what we're expected of. Now, here's the key. As you continue in the faith, this is Acts 14, 22. Reminding them, it says, that we must suffer many hardships to enter into the kingdom of God. Whoa. Many hardships to enter in. Now, here's the problem. We have to know how to fight these attacks and know how to fight each and every one of these turmoils that are being thrown our way. And I'm telling you now, it's always the word of God. 
Declaring the word of God, speaking the word of God, and standing on the word of God. Using the word of God as a weapon to push the enemy back at all times, no matter what, no matter what situation comes your way. If you're using the word of God as medicine, if you're using the word of God as a weapon to push back and chop away the enemy, keep doing it. Keep applying it because I'll tell you why. Jesus used the word of God to push back the devil. And I'm sure he knows what he's doing. Amen. Could we believe that, that Jesus knew what he was doing? He had to fight the devil with the word. He gave you the example. In the wilderness, when he was tempted, there was warfare going on. The word of God says, and then he quoted scripture. The word of God says, and he quoted scripture. So something coming your way. The word of God says, I am healed by the stripes of Christ. I lay claim to it. Because, let's face it, he was wounded for my transgression. He was bruised for my iniquity, chastised and pieces upon him. With those stripes, I'm healed. I'm being healed, and I am healed. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, and keep walking, and keep doing it, and keep stepping forward. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness of me, saith God, and walk on. Keep chopping away at the enemy. Keep acting like God's word is good. Speak the word, like God hear you. the word, decree the word, and believe the word. And stand and on that word like word. your life depends on it. Acting on it. Amen. And as you do this, you're putting up a barrier around yourself and your family. Maria had a dream about it years ago. I think she might have wrote it down, but there was two people on an island, and, and as, as the waves kept coming in to destroy them, the more they quoted scripture and spoke the scripture at the waves— uh, uh, when, they, when they kept speaking the word at the waves, uh, cor- coral reef would grow. A little bit, a little bit, and a little bit. Each time, all around the island, as they quoted the word, they spoke the word. Coral reef kept growing, 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 until the waves were really far away from the island, and they couldn't hit them. I was like, wow, that's a great dream. That really simplifies it, doesn't it? <laughs> You're yeah, building it, 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 a barrier. And it even makes it clear that, you know what? The the barrier may not grow all at once in one shot. You may have to say, uh, you may have to say what you need to say a few hundred or a few thousand times. But every time you do it, something happens. We call that so, allening. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, do, I am known um, to do that, yes. There's a term for that. One time it took me uh, five weeks of speaking life over my mother's thumb, uh, her left thumb. Every day I would bless it and pronounce healing over it until it was completely healed. It took about five weeks of uh, 15-minute days, four to five days a week, and it got completely healed. So, um, yeah. Here's the key. We should never anticipate that. We should always anticipate immediate breakthrough. Yes, Never anticipate this is going to be a long process. Uh, Don't allow the enemy to use that. However, no matter what, just keep hitting it. And each time you are, anticipate an immediate breakthrough. Amen. It It took a number of days before she even felt anything. But then she started feeling it, and then the ball started rolling, and the progress was steady until it was completely done. But I always had the attitude... Be healed now in Jesus' name. Now, now. It's always and now. thank God Faith for the healing. Amen. Amen. It's not, it's not, oh God, will you do it? And it's not even, oh God, you're going to do it. It's, 
it's happening now or it's not faith. Amen. The key is always thanking God for it. Because if I were to give Alan, like if he was thirsty, I gave him a, a pretty good water bottle like Avion. What would you say? A decent brand. I'd say thank you for giving it. Why? Because I was receiving it and it was in my possession. And oh, what should you tell it. God if you believe you received something? Thank you, God. I am now receiving there you go. It's mine. You're going to pray and ask for the gifts to flow in your life. You want word of wisdom. You want word of knowledge. You want gift of miracle. You want gift of healing. You want gift of discerning of spirits. Start asking and then thanking God for them. And then start getting ready to move in them. Get yourself a pad and paper. Write down dream log on there. Write down on another another book, miracle log. And, and say, God, I'm ready. I'm thanking you, and I'm receiving wow. it, and I'm, I'm, I'm exercising them. I'm beginning to move in these gifts. Get yourself prepared. Sometimes we make the mistake of looking at someone like Redbeard and saying, oh, he, he grew up in a strong Christian family, and I don't know when he got born again, but he got born again when he was two, and he was preaching and when he was four, and he gets prophetic words, oh, I had a sorry upbringing. I could never do that. No, 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 no. If I, I personally prayed the, the prayers in Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3 at the end of each chapter over myself many, 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 many times. And now I receive prophetic words of a certain type all the time. And uh, I did not have a Christian upbringing. I did not, was not raised in a Christian family. But even I am getting prophetic words in a certain area. And just because I persisted in praying the prayers of Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3 that Paul prayed over them, over myself— and now I'm getting some, and now I need to get more. I, I should get more. Amen. Yeah. Keep doing that. If God could do it for Alan, he could do it for anybody. Let's see. Yeah, amen. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, that's the point. Uh, see, sometimes, I mean, again, because because we look at people like, uh, oh, that person, he's the son of a pastor. Oh, that person, he's a missionary. No, no, no. God will do it for anyone. God loves everyone, and God is the same to everyone. He's totally fair, and if you seek him— for a gifting or a or a something a blessing or even an anointing to minister god will give it to you because god loves persistent faith amen that's another thing add that to your prayer life say lord i know you're no respecter of persons and i've saw such and such moving this gift i am requesting that gift by faith but understand there is accountability which each gift you receive i was given a dream many years ago where the lord warned me of accountability uh, I don't want to talk about that dream right now, but um, there's accountability. You ha we have to live. God said, be ye holy as he is holy. That's your job here on earth. That's your job. I'm, I, we have to start applying it to the best of our ability. That's all. God, try. Now, Alan's going to read the, the scripture we've added to all our prayers now. It's in the book of Acts, and this is the prayer we pray now, actually. We found it in the book of Acts, and we like it. I said, Alan, why don't we apply that in our prayer group? So, Alan, what is it that we pray now? We pray Acts chapter 4, verse 30 like this. Father, we ask in Jesus' name for you to stretch out your hand with healing power that miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So when we lay hands on the sick and we have ever-increasing faith and boldness to do this, and things are going to happen. Amen. Like that. All right. What verse is that? Sorry. That's Acts chapter 4, verse 30. Apply that to your prayer life. 
Hey, if it was good for Peter, it was good. It was good for the apostles. Hey, it might be good for you. It is good for you. Amen. Maybe it's a prayer that avails much. Just thinking. I mean, they probably moved in some serious power. I mean, their shadow is healing people. So let's believe that that prayer works. So what do you do? That prayer works. Oh, man. Let me grab it, write it down like Alan did, and we start applying it. Maybe it doesn't happen right away that we... we uh, listen, I've ha- mailed out prayer clothes before and people were healed. So I already know that ministry works. Now, we're going to get into... Choose. Oh, by the way, just just to testify, um, remember how many times Dan wanted prayer cloths for his mother and we'd make them and she'd get healed every time and immediately go out shopping? She'd go from being on oxygen yeah. to going out shopping. Once, once one of these blessed, amazing prayer cloths that God graced us with was applied to her. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, we used to meet at my house, pray over the prayer cloth, anoint it with oil and charge it with the anointing of God. People put them in their back pocket. I remember one lady years ago, she put it in her back pocket and was able to walk. Her leg was healed. Um, Me and Foss uh, went to a mental institution. We prayed over uh, juicy fruit gum that the anointing would be on the gum and gave it to mental patients, and they started to become normal. That's not in the Bible. There's no juicy fruit in the Bible. Well, it's the only way we can sneak it along, and God anointed it. That's not scriptural. You got to be as smart as a serpent, as gentle as a dove. So okay. let's do it here. Um, I want to talk about two sections of scripture because I want to talk about today the dispatch of angelic fire and the dispatch of earthquake power. Because the dispatch of angelic force into your situation happens when you pray fervently. And I want to talk about praying fervently, praying at midnight, praying at times that it's sacrificial to your life, like I just had the other day. Have you ever tried that? Waking up at maybe 2 a.m. and say, man, my breath don't smell good, but I'm going to pray. Try it in, in a time where it's really sacrificial to you. Now, in Acts, I think it's 5, It says they prayed fervently, but prayed also, in some translations, without ceasing. How many out there know praying without ceasing can be very bearing and would be considered fervently? Wouldn't it be, Alan? What's it say in that scripture in the book of Acts? What chapter? I believe five. I'm not sure. Okay. um, I'd have to find it. I like texted it to you? Okay. Well, okay. See, Acts... Chapter 5. This texting don't work. <laughs> no, it works. I just... Uh, chapter 5, verse... No, no. I, I guess it was Acts 12. Yeah, I texted to you at 8.54 Oh, Acts 12. Yeah, okay. Acts yeah. 12, verse... Uh... It says you received it, so you can't lie. No, I, I did, because I, I have I Acts 12 lying. in front of me. I okay. renounced lying, but I have Acts 12 in front of me. What verse? With what godly verse? sorrow. With godly sorrow. <laughs> what verse? <laughs> I texted the verses, man. I know, but I, 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 here. Even I have Guna used to have, get this right. Okay, okay. Give me, give me a few seconds. All right, Acts chapter twelve, verses five to eleven. Okay. Um, but while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. 
Others stood, you're going to edit that out right anyway. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly there was a bright light in the cell and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrists. Then the angel told him, get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel, but all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. They passed the first and second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading to the city. And this opened for them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street, and then the angel suddenly left him. Peter finally came to his senses. It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. Amen. Okay. Go right back to the beginning of that. What does it say again? It says in verse 5, but while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly Stop for there. him. Stop there. You see, this is in context for a reason here. The dispatch of the angel happened because of their prayers, guys. Oh, yeah. That's why it's in context altogether. And the reason it says earnestly it's fervently in some translations, but also in some translations, it says prayer without ceasing. It's just ceasing. They kept praying. They kept beseeching God. They kept asking and seeking and knocking for Peter's deliverance from this situation. You mean they might have prayed more than five minutes? They were praying all night. Wow. And because of that, I want you to know that an angel was sent and broke through any barrier, any prince of Persia, and came right through to set in order that deliverance. That breakthrough came through of the saints gathering and the saints praying together fervently. Do you see where I'm going with this? Who wants angelic dispatch? Anybody? Does anybody want angelic dispatch? I'm just curious. Yes. Do you know anybody that needs angelic dispatch? Anybody? Yes. Well, gee, the outline's right here, guys. The outline's right here. How are you going to pray fervently? How are you going to pray without ceasing? Can we do an overnighter? Can we keep praying? Can we keep beseeching God? Can we keep calling out and praising God through deliverance and healing and breakthroughs to get an angelic dispatch into this situation? Somebody out there today needs an angelic dispatch. Now, that's angelic dispatch. I want to get into Holy Ghost earthquake. Who here needs a Holy Ghost earthquake? Anybody? I'm telling you now, I need angelic dispatch, and I'm going to need a Holy Ghost earthquake around me. Do you know anybody that needs a Holy Ghost earthquake? Anybody? I got news Lots for you. Lots of people do. A Holy Ghost earthquake together with an angelic dispatch you got breakthroughs coming in the spirit like never before i'm talking super power fire of god flowing into your situation alan can you read the next book of acts uh you want uh acts chapter 16 verses 25 through 32 i hope so Okay. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. 
The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Amen. So even a revival happened through the breakthrough. How many out there know in your breakthrough, God can save souls. Isn't that nice? So you want a Holy Ghost earthquake? I got news for you. That was an uncommon hour to be up praising God, praying, and also hymns, which were most likely Psalms. Just replace that word with Psalms. They were singing Psalms. I got news for you. Psalms are deliverance. The deliverance anointing of David is in the Psalms. I know that's hard for you to believe, some of you. But that's how the sons of the the Pharisees were using the Psalms to do deliverance, terrorizing demons with the Psalms. Because the anointing of God is in the workings of David's writings. There's anointing on the word of God. I know this sounds crazy. Some of you logosers out there now, it's the story of a man named Brady. No, it's not. Jesus said, my words are spirit. There is power in the word of God, guys. So Psalms, when you're singing them, when you're applying them or reading them out, you want to get into Psalms 18. I've, I've used Psalms 18, believe me. There is Holy Ghost firepower. And we're going to be getting into a message on that and the visualization of the word. The visualization of the word. We're leaving some on the table in our prayer life. And I know a lot out there, well, that sounds kind of weird. You want me to visualize the word of God? Yeah, why not? I do it all the time. When it's so God's I. train filled the temple and smoke, I'm like, whoa, I am, I'm thinking, wow, 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 how magnificent. What's so bad about that? That's witchcraft. Because some people say that to me. Well, in Philippians 4.8, it says, statement. yeah, in Philippians 4.8, it says uh, things that are lovely, things that are praiseworthy. Think about these things. Amen. It's Amen. a good report for you to visualize your breakthrough. This is visualize things that are a good report. It's a good report for you to visualize your breakthrough. How do you do that? Well, when you're reading Psalms 18, when you see God come down with hailstones and coals of fire and sending out lightnings to discomfit the enemy that's all around you, visualize it. Say, God, I'm imagining this manifesting right now. I thank you for it. Yes, send out your hailstones, send out your coals of fire, send out your lightnings, get rid of them, blow them back. Yes, Lord, I thank you. I'm confessing the word. I'm declaring this word over my life right now. Yeah, thank you for it. Uh, a short while back, uh, somebody asked me to pray for their back before they went on their work shift. And uh, so so I basically, I, I commanded healing into their back and I visualized bolts of power coming out of my fingertips and crossing the country into her back. And uh, after like two commands, 
her back was healed. It was so healed that she even said, can you pray for a husband for me? I said, I don't know if I could do that, but uh, healing your back, I can do. So yeah, right. visualizing. There's, and, and those times in your house when, like that, that time you asked me to pray over your wife's back. And uh, I would come, I'd be right standing right next to her and commanding healing into her back also. And I'd visualize, Philippians 4, 8, visualize bolts of power coming out of my fingers and going into her back. And uh, yeah. she got she got her healing. And the same think, thing with Dan when I was praying over his leg. Amen. Yeah, think of things of good report. Think of things of good report. As a man thinketh, so shall he be. Amen. Think about that verse, guys. And there's believers, Logos believers out there, and that's witchcraft. No, it's not. <laughs> You're just applying a God-given thing in your life and applying every being of your body to the word of god how do you know they were logos believers and not just undercover witches like that witch that used to come to our huntington station meetings but the key right now guys is that as a man thinketh so shall he be and the word says think of things of good report it's a good report for you to be applying your thought and here's the thing before i before an artist draws a painting they're they're ministering their thought to it imagining it that's not witchcraft. Before I do a junction box in the attic of a bunch of wires, I'm imagining how I'm going to do it. I'm thinking about what cables, what connectors, what uh, wire nuts I need for those that's, that gauge wire. So when I go up there, I'm completely prepared. That's not witchcraft. Before someone designs a home architecturally, they're beginning to imagine and use the God-given process of thought to apply how they can structurally do it and how to look the best way. That's not witchcraft. For you to read the Word of God and to picture the Word of God manifesting in your life and the breakthrough of it, that's not witchcraft. You are, as a man thinketh, so shall ye be. You know, and you just you're reminded imagining me. Imagining things of good report, like Alan just touched on. You just it's reminded a good me report a for you to have a breakthrough. Uh, the testimony of the person who asked the Father in Jesus' name for a new car, and part of the way they acted on God's God believing them and God acting on it is they went out into their driveway and they mimed out washing a car that was invisible to everyone else, but they were probably visualizing that car. As they were washing it, and uh, eventually they got the car because they acted on God's word. They visualized that car there. They visualized, per Philippians 4.8, the good report of God agreeing and wanting good things for their son or daughter that they loved, and they got it after visualizing it, Philippians 4.8. Yeah, we're, we're not Amen. talking about just using your power of imagination. We're talking about applying the word in prayer. And okay. just formulating in your mind the breakthrough and beginning to anticipate it in your in your mind, your breakthrough. We don't want to subsidize that for prayer. We're not talking about mind magic. Like, I'm going to will this to happen. No. I'm talking no. about as you're in prayer, as you're reading the Psalms, start to picture out, close your eyes, and, and ask the Lord for the Holy Spirit to begin to minister to, for you the breakthrough in your on your eyes. God will give you a vision. Oh, yeah. And when Alan does pray, he has heat on his hands often. So there is fire on his hands. 
Oh, yeah. I, I remember when Worley years ago, he had somebody in his church that were praying, and he had a vision as they were rebuking a demon. And as they rebuked the demon, a giant fist came down and punched the demon in the head. And Worley's like, wow, when we rebuke a demon, it's like a Holy Ghost punching it in the face. And he liked it. They liked it. So I'm like, wow, maybe, maybe that's what's happening. A giant Holy Ghost fist is punching a demon right in the face when you rebuke it. That's what the vision was in Wyndham Worley's church, and they were moving pretty strong in the anointing then. Who am I to say that's not what's happening? Could be. So I'm going to think it. As I rebuke a demon, receive that giant blast on your head, demon. Why not? Amen. That's right. So we'd be, we were leaving some on the table there where you're just in complete blackity and darkness when you're praying. No? Begin to thinketh on things of good report. Begin to be as a man thinketh, so shall he be. Think about that verse. As a man thinketh, I'm going to think that the word of God is true. I'm going to think that as I lay hands on them, they're going to be healed. And this is how it's going to happen right here and right now. And in Jesus' name, arise and walk in Jesus' name. Begin to program yourself with the word of God. Use word of God mind control on yourself. Amen. That's right. Always apply the word in every situation in your life. And keep reading the word so the word of God is filling your mind all day. And a cool way to do that is with an audio Bible. And there's lots of free audio ones Bible's on YouTube. Excellent. Right. Amen. I used to give you out leave thousands it on while of you them. Sleep. I think one time we gave out 20,000 audio Bibles. 20,000. That's a lot. They're all over. Even someone stole my idea eventually. And they came okay. out with some audio Bible. I saw it on TV. I couldn't believe it. I said, that's one of the audio Bibles I used to give out. They stole it and was selling it for $35. <laughs> God save them. I'm the one that started that. Well, the about 20,000 of them. You. Praise the Lord. So, again, and they even added the worship music like I had at the end. I said they even stole that part of my idea. <laughs> Sorry, Richard. <laughs> and they, they monetized it. I was giving them out free through don donations. Did they have a beard also? So, that's the story, guys. I, I want to I see... And you should be visualizing the breakthrough and a Holy Ghost earthquake when you're praying at midnight. Why don't you try, and I'm going to start it, start praying at midnight. There's something about the midnight hour, the transition time. And I, I, somebody, my pastor years ago told me that God showed him in the spirit a different shift of guards and the, and the demons uh, going into diff different order. And that's the best time to pray sometimes because... Uh, the demons are in more confusion. There's a shifting of demonic guards. There are, are, there are regiments of demonic realms. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mary Kay Baxter saw that in her uh, when she was shown hell by Jesus Christ, that there's uh, various shifts down there. So why not shifts up here? Amen. That's right. <clears throat> Try praying at midnight for that Holy Ghost earthquake. So, Lord, I... Hey, you know, respecter of persons, Paul did it. 
I'm going to start reading some Psalms. I'm going to start praising you and praying in Jesus' name at midnight right here right now because I need a Holy Ghost earthquake and I am ministering in, in my thought process as a man thinketh, so shall he be. And I'm having it and I'm thanking you for it, Lord. That's right. You want to pray fervently. You want angelic dispatch. Here's the key, guys. In both of these verses we've shared today, were angelic dispatch, and we saw a Holy Ghost earthquake. There was prayer involved in each of them prior. Prior. So you had the fervent prayer of the gathering of Mary and everyone in the house. Angelic dispatch and loose from captivity. You had Paul tied up and bound, but they were praising God at midnight and singing hymns, praying at midnight. Boom! Holy Ghost earthquake shook them loose. Prayer, 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 prayer. That's the key. And even if you just have the most feeble muttering prayer, it's more powerful than you praying nothing. I tell people that all the time. Everybody wants some superpower prayer thing. You know, that's fine. You want to go to a prayer meeting like that? That's great. I've been to many of them. However, the most simplest muttered prayer could be just as powerful. Where do you get that? I get it from uh, Samuel. From where? Uh, when Hannah prayed. How about that? Because she just moved the lips. Nothing even came out, it says. Going like that. And that was super powerful. Super. So it's where your heart is with God. It's where that is, guys. What's your desire with God? That's the continuity, your compassion for souls, your compassion for deliverance and healing, to see people set free and began to picture them set free. You want them set free. You want yourself set free. You can mutter a lip-moving prayer like Hannah. Or you can have one of those great exorbitant prayers. God, we call down the fire. That's fine, too. Nothing wrong with either one of them. But don't judge any one of them being weaker than the other, because I got news for you. <laughs> That's not how God looks at it. The fervency is in your compassion for God. Your fervency is in your relationship with God. And your fervency is in your desire what is your desire? Is it for financial gain? Is it to look good and holy amongst the people? That will be your reward. That will be your reward. You want to look like a prophet and have all fire coming down on your website and then you have all these failed prophecies? Your reward was all that stupid fire coming down on yourself and your website. That was your reward. You've never got anything right. But people will still flock to you. Because they like the bullcrap. That's what people like generally. 
Truth is a problem. Truth is generally contrary to what you want or what you think. But let's have our hearts right with God. Jesus moved in compassion. The power is moving in compassion. The greatest miracle A.A. Allen ever did, according to uh, uh, Schambach, on his website, I don't know if it's still there, the greatest miracle I ever saw was they brought A.A. Allen a monkey baby, and it had no uh, feet, it had no uh, eyes. It was just like a bowl. And... Um, A.A. Allen gripped the baby, the bull. It had uh, cleft feet or something. And um, Schambach said that A.A. Allen began to weep and hold the baby tight to his belly. And he didn't know what else to do. He just started crying out for God to have mercy on the baby. And A.A. Allen didn't normally pray like that. A.A. Allen was more of an assertive prayer where he would curse the forces behind cancers and rebuke them. But in this case, he just clenched the baby and started weeping. And then the baby, they put the baby down and his feet started to grow out. And he said whirlpools formed in his eyes, blue whirlpools, which started to swirl. And eyes started forming in the baby's head. That's the most powerful miracle that Schambach ever saw in A. A. Allen's ministry. And there's a lot of them. But think about what I'm saying. He clutched the baby and was weeping, crying out for mercy. Because let's face it, that was a big mountain with the no legs, the no eyes. And um, God moved. We can't judge how God's going to move or what style prayer you're going to pray. It's all in your heart at that moment. In that moment, A.A. Allen went into a compassionate pleading with the Lord. I've saw all the times A.A. Allen would look at somebody and say, in the name of Jesus, I curse this demon. Boom, the person was healed. And this time, God moved in a different way. You got to be open the way God wants to move. So, with that being said, Let's have an open-ended contract with God also. Stop limiting yourself with your confession. I've done it, and I'm not, I, I try as best as I can not to do it. You only limit yourself by your confession. I'm not talking pie-in-the-sky confessions. I'm talking about just go biblically. If God says you're chosen to live to 120, start declaring it. He said it, not me. Stop saying, I'm going to die at 70 and 80 because I read it in Psalms. That's not what it says in Psalms. And I heard preachers preach that. That's the problem with preachers that don't study the word of God from cover to cover. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. And they get you in error. The Bible says to live to 70 and 80. No, it does not say that. That was God shortening their life in the wilderness to kill them earlier because they were rebellious. Is that you? Are you part of them? I don't think so. So 120 is allotted to man. That's what God said. 
If you want to believe what other preachers say that are wrong, then believe them. I don't care. But that's the problem. Our, we snare ourselves by our words. We snare ourselves with our words. I saw some nutball recently. He's like, I'm going to be here for all the tribulation and I'm going to stay here for the wrath. He confessed it with his mouth, his pie hole. Not realizing that he just snared himself with his confession. That's not the way we should be with the word of God. You should be, Lord, I'm ready to, for you to be to take me at any time, like Elisha went up, like Enoch was not. I'm fine with it all. And whether it be pre, post, or mid, or whatever, I'm ready now, Lord. How about that? Amen. We don't want to self-word curse ourselves or limit ourselves with uh, negative confessions. Amen. And it's in pride a lot of time. I know the word, and it says this. <laughs> I'm going to be here for tribulation. I'm going to be here for the wrath. I want to, people gnaw their tongues off. I'm going to be washing them in a bubble. I'm going to blog it on my website. I'm going to be in darkness in a bubble with a lamp. Okay. According to your confession, so, so shall it be unto you. How about that? Keep an open confession with God. You don't know what God's doing. It says, in an hour we think not. They'll be eating and drinking and marrying. That's not a time of darkness and gnawing your tongue off. <laughs> I don't think so. It's going to be hard to be eating and drinking and marrying and partying when you're in darkness and gnawing your tongue off. So post-trip, don't look like it's working. It's mid and there's many Easter eggs, for lack of a better term, in Scripture that I won't get in today. But if you study the Word word of God cover to cover, you see it. And it's definitely in Elijah praying for the famine to end. That was a seven-year famine. Duh. And he prayed fervently, constantly, many times, by the way. Wow, he prayed more than once. Could that be true? Well, Elijah did it. And then suddenly a man's hand appeared in the clouds. Ooh, think about that. When did that happen? 3.5 years. Duh. That's called a prophetic type and foreshadow in Scripture. Think about it. For Easter egg, for lack of a better term. It's right there. That man's hand is Christ. We're talking mid-trib. You could see them eating and drinking and marrying mid-trip very easily. You're not going to be eating, drinking, and marrying, and partying with your tongues gnawing off in darkness. It's going to be quite difficult, don't you think, Alan? Yes, that would be quite the trick, yes. Are you going to be eating, drinking, and marrying with gnawing your tongue off in darkness? Uh, <laughs> I, I hope not, yeah. No, I won't be. I will be either in heaven or on earth doing the will of God with an open contract that uh, if it's, uh, you know, God, you want me to rapture me now? Okay, but uh, I'm not going to lock myself into being here for the whole trip by Don't confessing. Don't yourself Amen. with your confession. I'm going to be here for that long no matter what. <laughs> Because I'm right. Yeah, your your confession just bound you. You've been snared by the words of your mouth. I did that? No, I said in Scripture. 
It says oh, that, okay, that people are snaring themselves with the word, words of their mouth. They do. How do you want to be snared with the words of your mouth? Do you want to be in a snare where you have an open-ended contract with God? God, whenever you want, I see fit. I don't have it all figured out, but Lord, I'm ready at that time when you're ready. How about that, Lord? How about being snared yeah, we, with that confession? Yeah, we want to be, yeah, let's be snared with doing the will of God. Let's be snared with the joy of the Lord as our strength. Let's be snared with having our audio Bibles on. Let's be snared with keeping an open ear to what God is doing and not locking ourselves into some God-forsaken error. Amen. There's other Easter eggs in Scripture for mid-trip, by the way. John 6. They rode, it was, it's really three and a half furlongs out. It said they were in the midst. That's the middle. So it had to be seven furlongs. It says they rode out. It's three and a half furlongs if you really look at the Greek. At that point, there was a storm. But Jesus entered the ship at what? Three and a half furlongs. They were in the midst. That means middle. Guess what? When Jesus entered the boat, they immediately appeared on the other side. Get it? The storm. Jesus entering in. Three and a half, four longs in. John chapter 6. Look at the original Greek. There's little prophetic. I always look for these gems in Scripture as I'm studying the Word. I'm constantly thinking how that Word can apply in the latter days. I know this seems crazy. To some of you, because you think the word is a story. The, the word of God is a multi-level revelation. That's why when you read the Psalms, they're applying to David, but they're also applying to Christ. When you read the Psalms, they're applying to David, they're also pertaining to Christ, they're also applying to you. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it's because it's the word of God. It's a multi-level revelation. That's right. The word of God all points to Christ. This is what the Pharisees and Sadducees could not get. So let's do this. Let's uh, be ending this broadcast today. How long do we go, Alan? Uh, at least an hour and 17 minutes, maybe an hour and 27 minutes. No, you were in violation. How? I don't know, but you were. I'll think. Okay, I'll keep it. All right. All right, watch your radio. Uh, we will be back next week. We're going to be doing uh, some more broadcasts. We, are we ever going to get Squirrel Beard back? Uh, let's let's uh, see if it's not Egg Day, and maybe we'll get him back. Yeah, you didn't want Squirrel Beard back. I did not say I, I don't like him. I just think anyway. Oh, look at he cut. Oh, he didn't want to say it. No, Squirrel Beard's I, been on this show since two thousand, and you're trying to get rid of him. I'm not wow. trying to get rid of him. His voice, it's hard to get a hold of him. Wow. And he's got this uh, terrible audio connection, and uh, it's a problem. So I'm on here now, Alan. Is that right, oh, fake Redbeard? Fake James. <laughs> all right. God bless you all. We will see you next week. Watching radio saying farewell. Thank you for God joining bless us, Alan. Thank you for having me. God bless you.